Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Coming up on DTNS, Hulu is going to give special ads to binge watchers. The state of AI is not what you think. And whether it means anything that Apple News is co-sponsoring a democratic debate. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, December 12th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Redwood, I'm Sarah Lane. From the shores of Lake Merritt in Oakland, California, I'm Justin Robert Young. And from wherever I'm at, I'm the show's producer, <laughs> Roger Chang. Uh, we were just talking about all the places we've been. Uh, travel nightmares in Good Day Internet. Uh, if you want to catch up on all the different topics we talk about there, of course, you got to become a member. Patreon.com slash DTNS. Let's start with a few tech things you should know. Facebook said it will not meet its goal of announcing members of its independent oversight board this year. The so-called Facebook Supreme Court is intended to make decisions on content independent of Facebook. The company's head of governance, Brent Harris, said that the delay was due to unforeseen issues creating the board's trust, along with narrowing down the 1,000 nominees to just 40. Facebook now plans to announce three co-chairs in January and the first 20 members after that. The company also pledged $130 million to the trust, which should cover operating costs for the first six years. How many people bought that $2,000 Galaxy Fold, I wonder? Well, the Samsung Electronics president, Young Son, told TechCrunch Disrupt Berlin that the answer is $1 million. Wow. Or at least they sold 1 million units of the Galaxy Fold. Sone emphasized that the product is part of Samsung's practice of releasing products in order to get feedback and improve next-generation devices. That's right. If you want to be a beta tester, you always pay more. The Wall Street <laughs> Journal sources say the U.S. Federal Trade Commission is considering seeking a preliminary injunction against Facebook over how its apps interact. Sources say the FTC would ask a court to stop Facebook from enforcing policies on how its apps work with potential rivals and forbid Facebook to integrate subsidiaries it has purchased. Particularly, Facebook wants to connect messaging between Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook Messenger. The injunction might come as early as next month. 
Credit Suisse reports that iPhone shipments in China fell 35.4% in November compared to last year, the second straight month of decline in China for the iPhone. The Chinese phone market in general saw a slight increase in November, however. Credit Suisse attributed the decline to aggressive local competition. All right, we got some cool things coming from Google today. Let's talk about the first one, Justin. Indeed. Google announced two new features for its Messages app. The first is spam detection, launched in January in some countries. Now coming to the U.S., this feature shows you a warning if it thinks that text is a spam and lets you confirm if it is or isn't. You can report any message as spam and block conversations as well. The second feature coming to Messages is verified SMS. When sending messages to a verified business, you'll see its name and logo alongside a verification badge in your message thread. Verified SMS is uh, coming gradually, starting in Brazil, Canada, the U.S., U.K., France, India, Mexico, Philippines, and Spain. Uh, this is this is interesting, right? Because it's... Uh, the attempt of Google to add features to messages and get people over the idea that Google has too many messaging apps and none of them do everything. I, I think they really are finally starting to focus on messages. Well, and they should, because <laughs> I don't know the, the <laughs> benefit of splitting this out into various different things, specifically since chat as a service has been a major function in uh, technology for the past several years and and uh, uh, iMessage or now uh, you know messages in in iOS is very robust yeah, indeed. Uh, we actually uh, meant to tell you uh, that the European Union antitrust chief, Marguerite Vestager, is looking at Apple Pay as our antitrust regulators in the Netherlands and France. A German law goes into effect January 1st that requires operators of digital money infrastructure to offer access to competitors for a reasonable fee. The iPhone's NFC chip may qualify as technical infrastructure, which would then fall afoul of that law. Banks want direct access to the chip, but Apple requires banks to go through Apple Pay, right? You can't just access the NFC chip directly. And Apple says the reason for that is that opening access to the NFC chip increases the risk of fraud and other security issues. Yeah. Going back to Google interpreter mode. If you're not familiar, it's the Google Assistant feature that translates your conversations in real time is coming to phones. Interpreter mode works with 44 languages and wakes up with the phrase, hey, Google, help me speak Thai. Or, for example, hey, Google, be my German translator. All, at that point, Assistant will translate your speech, read it out loud, and then suggest smart replies that can speed up the conversation by letting you respond without having to speak yourself this yeah <laughs> google translate already does this if you have the google translate app which you can get on ios or android uh, but having it in assistant especially if you have an android phone means you don't have to bother launching it you just talk to your phone exactly. oh god uh, uh, number one google translate an absolute necessity if you're traveling in a, a nation with a different uh, language 100 it it made uh, honestly like not to get all halcyon soft uh, uh diffuse light uh uh but when i went out to visit family in italy uh it was necessary like not just good not just uh, uh helpful it was something that greatly uh, uh bound us more together as as distant relatives it was uh, uh exceptional so any easier the one thing that was bad about it 
was having to, uh, you know, I wound up settling on iOS, downloading the Italian keyboard just so I could use for them just the single push button where they could talk and it would then translate that uh, uh, into things. Or I could just hand them the phone and they could type it if it was easier for them to type than talk. But the, the easier and better these functions are as core elements of any phone, the better off we are all going to be as humans. And Google Translator now will just listen and detect the language being spoken. Uh, so, so you don't even have to switch around. You can just say you can just have people talk, and I'll go, okay, that was Italian. I'm going to translate that to English, and by, vice versa. I can, yeah, I, I'm definitely amazing. going to be using this on my upcoming trip to Japan. I have no doubt about that. Oh, oh. for sure. And I, I, I will say, I mean, Google Assistant is the best at this. The best by far. I, 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 you know, having traveled many places uh, in the last several years, where there are a variety of tools that are available to to interpret uh, speech that I don't understand otherwise, it is the absolute best. So the fact that interpreter mode uh, comes to phones, I'm sure, is a welcome uh, a feature to a lot of folks. The annual AI index report that comes out of the Stanford Institute for Human-Centered Artificial Intelligence documents the strides that AI research has been making every year. That's why you call it annual. The index is put together in cooperation with researchers from many organizations, including OpenAI, Harvard, a bunch of others. Among the detailed findings in this report that just came out, here are a few noteworthy ones. AI is now the most popular specialization for computer science graduates in the North American continent, double the interest of the number two most popular computer science uh, specialization for graduates, security and information assurance. I personally would like security beauty top, but there you go. Those are the facts. China publishes (laughs) the most AI papers out there, but work from U.S. AI researchers is cited 40% more than the global average. So China putting out the most research, U.S. research having the most impact would be another way to look at that. The U.S. also files the most AI patents, three times the number of second place Japan. Japan files the second most patents for AI. And the time needed to train a machine vision algorithm on the dataset ImageNet has fallen from about three hours in October 2017 to 88 seconds as of July of this year. Costs fell from the thousands of dollars to do that training to tens of dollars, like less than 100 bucks. Just less than 10% of all private AI investment is going into autonomous vehicles, but that's the highest number. Uh, That's followed by medical research uh, with facial recognition uh, next to that. Uh, Well, actually, they're tied, medical research and facial recognition. The fastest growing AI field is robot process automation, RPA. I actually did a Tech Republic top five about this that'll be going up soon, followed by supply chain management. But the point James Vincent from The Verge took out of this index, I think may be the best one. The best AI systems, the ones that beat you at StarCraft II or help identify breast cancer better than humans, can't do other things. Vincent points out that the StarCraft II AI is crap at chess, and the chess-playing AI can't do anything at StarCraft II. And in fact, the breast cancer assistant for AI can't do anything about lung cancer, and vice versa. Vincent reminds us of a quote from Andrew Ng, who said, If a typical person can do a mental task with less than a second of thought, we can probably automate it using AI. 
But past a, he doesn't say this, but past a second, that gets really, really difficult. So yes, it's fair to be worried about the hockey stick of AI development and to be concerned and be ethical and all that. But don't let those fears carry you away. What AI can actually do right now is fairly limited, even if it is impressive. Yeah, what what so number one, this is a very, very, very good GPS point, metaphorical GPS point of where we are on the road of AI. Indeed, we are seeing some fantastic fruits from all of this research and development, but we are not anywhere near Skynet just yet, which uh, has been, you know, the kind of fear even from from people that are are very uh, big and influential in technology like Elon Musk, for example. Uh, that being said, where we do need to understand is it is when the AIs start training AIs that that we 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 begin to see a further complex a benefit from from this kind of research. But also, I think that's where some people get a little dicey. Yeah, it's it's. I gotta say, you know, back in the day when computer science was a degree that I might have gone for, I didn't, but you know, I knew a lot of people who did. Imagine if AI was kind of at the forefront of that; it would have changed that degree so much. It's uh, it's kind of exciting for for you know anybody who's who's looking into going into that field as a career. What the options are now. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many applications, and and really, it's it's one of those. I, I think AI uh, being a, a burgeoning degree that people are getting, uh, the world is robust enough that the exciting degree there can go almost anywhere you want to go. You can go public sector, private sector, into government. There are so many places where a skill like this can be developed, and and it's different than let's say something like web development or or uh you know computer training where things had been a little specialized like in, in a world where the various different sectors of our economy and and governance weren't really on the same page on how much this stuff matters yeah and i, I hear people talking all the time about uh, you know, AI is overblown. A, 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 people are are exaggerating what they can do with AI, uh, and and I don't feel that because I ignore those arenas. I don't I don't listen to those voices, but I know they're out there. That there's a lot of of people claiming that things are AI that aren't, or that they can do things with AI that you can't. So I think I feel like it's super important to bring out reports like this AI index report to just help us all reset our expectations of AI is very good. It's not just vaporware uh and it can do some amazing things and it's growing and research is is proceeding apace and it's probably about to hit a hockey stick of development but there are limits to what it can do uh and we could all myself included use better appreciation of of what it actually is uh and 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 so i think that's that's a this is a good opportunity to kind of reground ourselves in that 100 percent. hey microsoft's your phone app now lets any Android 7.0 or newer user make calls from any Windows 10 PC. The feature, now out of preview, requires a Bluetooth connection. It lets users look up contacts and call history in addition to placing calls. Users can use the Your Phone to check messages and also look at recent photos. 
This is, of course, the thing that a lot of uh, iPhone slash Mac OS users use on that closed system uh, to great benefit. You can you can text message and even make calls right from your laptop, uh, you know, without having to pick up your phone. And it's one of the things that I wish I could do easier with my Android phone. And now I can. Uh, this, this was available to Windows Insiders, and now it's in general availability for anybody with a Windows 10 PC. So if you've got Windows in your life and an Android phone, uh, you might want to try this out and sync them up because, you know, with photos and messages and contacts uh, all synced across, apparently it works really well. Yeah, as long as it's stable, this is a huge element for me of being inside the Mac uh, of uh, ecosystem because uh, sometimes I even get uh, distracted. Like, I'll... I'll Send somebody a text message over the uh, uh, over over the the laptop, and then all of a sudden I'll get a text message back, and I'll look into my phone and I'll type the response there. Uh, but but it is it is awesome having that unified thing. I'm so pumped that Android folks and uh, uh, Windows users uh, have it. Which we is have great. some folks in the chat room asking, "Isn't this what Skype does?" But Skype's not an actual phone. You can't call nine one one with it. It's not the phone number that you, you most people give out to to other people. So even if you're like, yeah, but I use Skype that way. Okay, great. You could already do that. You can also do that with WhatsApp. You can do that with a lot of other things uh, if you want to adapt the way you proceed. But for most people, they just they want to have a phone number that works with whatever phone they have that's not dependent on an app. Uh, and so. Yes, this is dependent on an app, but having this ability to sync just the regular phone without having to worry about going into another product like Skype, I, I think yeah. this is, is a different thing, and, and it's significant. Well, if you like watching TV and you like watching TV for a long period of time, Hulu launched a new tool for brands to specifically target viewers who are watching multiple episodes of a favorite program over a long stretch of time, a.k.a. Binge watchers. Binge watch ads uses machine learning to describe, to determine rather, when a, a viewer is binge watching a show and then ads acknowledge a binge is underway. And then when a viewer reaches a third episode, they're informed that the next episode is ad free or they get a personalized offer from the advertiser. I don't know how I feel about this. Are I mean, we outraged? Do we yeah. care? Yeah. Like, what do, how do we feel about this? I don't have uh, the, the, I, I, I I use the Hulu without advertising, so I don't have to feel this all the time. But there are a few services that I use that do have ads. And I guess if those ads are less intrusive or kind of acknowledging me, maybe it bothers me less. Certainly going to bother me less if it's saying, hey, I'm not going to give you any more ads for the next episode. That, that's a positive, right? I mean, uh, number one, here is a absolute market pain point. You're watching one of these services, especially with ads, and you get the same ad over and over and over and over again. I, I, if, if I had a dime for every time, I'm like, look, Ford, if I give you a receipt saying that I bought your car, will you please stop advertising for this thing over and over and over again? So this cuts down on that. However, where we're going to, I think, see the the, the new pain point is not in that they are identifying binge watchers. That's fine. We all binge watch. It's when the binge watching advertisement starts to become a judgment on your your binging. Yeah. Yeah. So it's (laughs) look, if it's like for cheese, it's whatever. Cheese, it's wants to advertise to you during the game, during a binge watch, when you're sitting on your couch, whenever like they they want to always be aware. It's going to be different when they start advertising for talk therapy or 
weight loss programs or something like that. Like, like that, that's where the, the uh, targeted advertising goes from thank you for not giving me ads to what the hell did you just say? Well, and it's interesting you say that because, you know, cheese it through uh through um what what is the uh, kellogg's is one of the advertisers that it's going to use this at launch the other is sparkle uh paper towels and maker's mark <laughs> so i i think huh. feel like those are all okay those are all okay i might be drinking some bourbon those i certainly might need a paper those towel are fun. Sure. you know i might no, do all I'm three i might eat some cheeses with I my bourbon and towels. need a paper towel to clean up yeah I'm just saying that next year, next year when Peloton wife is saying uh, how happy she is not binge watching, we'll, we'll, uh, we might get some blowback. Yeah. Well, it's, it's going to happen, right? At some point, unless people just ignore these. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. This is going to happen. I I don't know. I mean, the targeting of ads, you, you have your ideas about it, right? I, care about that less and less i understand when it's happening i go like oh yeah because i was looking at that couch now i'm gonna get couch you know advertisements you know for the next 30 days type thing uh the fact that hulu is doing this for somebody that they know is kind of in in you're in mode you're watching you're going to be watching advertisements over and over i I don't hate this. I, I think it's actually smart. No, no I think, look, uh, if you are binging on a with ad service, you're getting the same ads over and over and over again. Even in the year of our Lord 2019, <laughs> the ad sales is not as robust. And I will tell you this, it cannot roll out soon enough for people in Iowa, New Hampshire, Nevada, and South Carolina, where political campaigns are pouring gigantic amounts of money to make sure that you are aware that Tom Steyer and Michael Bloomberg are running for president. Well, there's a presidential election? I had no idea. Uh, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then... Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. 
To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Oh, hey, speaking of that uh, presidential election, the U.S. Democratic National Committee announced its slate of four debates for 2020. Uh, this is one of a series of, I believe it's 1,012 debates that will be happening over the course of the uh, presidential <laughs> election. Uh, anyway, yes, there, there's still a debate to be done in the pre-primary stage, but there's four debates coming in the primary and caucus states in early 2020. Among the announcements was the debate on February 7th at St. Anselm College in Manchester, New Hampshire, that will be co-hosted by ABC News and Apple News. Wait. Hold on. The debate on February 25th in Charleston, South Carolina, will be co-hosted by CBS, the Congressional Black Caucus Institute, and Twitter. The other two debates are CNN and the Des Moines Register and NBC and the Nevada Independent. So boring old newspapers like traditional. But we got Twitter and Apple News in here. Now, this is not the first time we've seen an internet company in here. In fact, Politico is co-hosting the PBS-led debate still to happen here in L.A. on December 19th the same evening of The Rise of Skywalker showing up in theaters. This also uh, <laughs> reminds me that Facebook co-hosted debates in 2012 and 2016. Uh, so let's start there. I mean, I'm very curious to find out what you think about Apple News joining this, Justin, but uh, why aren't yeah. we seeing Facebook co-hosting these things? Well, I would think it's because whenever Facebook finds itself in a headline with politics in the title, they don't like the fact that it happened. And uh, in, in this particular case, if Facebook could sponsor, if let's say this were an open or a, a two party primary and you had Democratic debates and you had Republican debates, Facebook might be more comfortable sponsoring one in each, regardless of the fact that this is just, you know, the way things go. I don't know if Facebook is going to want to do it at this juncture. And also, this could become far more of a PR problem for Facebook than it would be a boon of you know pitching into the public discourse if, let's say, some of the candidates that have come out very hard against Facebook are pressured by their supporters or see political points to gain by, let's say, skipping a Facebook-sponsored debate because they disagree with some of their policies. So if I were to take a guess... Uh, that's part of it. The other part is it costs a lot of money. These things are very expensive to get the rights to. So if Facebook were to do it, they'd have to say, not only are we willing to take the risk, but we're willing to put a ton of cash on, uh, uh that, that risk. So it's, it's but Facebook of- has the cash, you know, it's not as if Facebook is like, Ooh, you know, we're priced out. Sure. But, uh, uh, getting punched in the face feels bad. Paying somebody a thousand dollars to get punched in the face uh, is is often worse. Yeah. So, but but it sounds like it's mutual too. Like the DNC probably is like, you know, Facebook. I mean, would take your money, but maybe it's not the best idea. And Facebook's like, no, we totally agree. Probably not the best idea. So we're not going to give you that money. Uh, I what? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if that's a DNC decision. My yeah, they probably wouldn't care. You're right. As long as the check cashes. On the other hand, what do these companies do? What do, what what do you get if your Twitter out of so-called co-hosting is it just kind of a sponsorship by another name or is it more to it uh you know a lot of these as they've started you know youtube hosted one with cnn uh uh, facebook's hosted one they both are in the video streaming game 
So uh, obviously, as technology platforms, they are letting everybody know that, hey, you can right now when you're on our platform, we'll put a big old banner that you can click right here and watch this public service. Look how much we care about our democracy. That's that's one side. Uh, stealth advertising, the fact that streaming sir, that, that streaming is available on these platforms. The other side is uh, just being a member of the the election process. And the third side on the DNC, uh, by, by DNC standards, is the fact that they got a lot of money and they are willing to put it down. Yeah. So, I mean, I definitely get the money part of it. But so so there is a little of there, there's a little there's a tiny bit of substance to this. It's not just slapping their name on it. No, I mean, depending on see, this is where the Apple News thing. If we can, if we can pivot to the yeah, Apple yeah. News thing, that that gets interesting, because Apple News is a curator. Apple News does have hired people there to to get all the news together and then to put it to you. If not, right, they haven't really put a ton of effort into writing a lot of independent stuff, but they very very well could. If Apple News wants to put itself out there as not just a dumb pipe, but rather a very smart and cool service that you should be a part of by way of one of their personalities asking smart and good questions of these candidates, then that could be something where Apple is trying to get out there. We're not just a place where you stream video. We're kind of more like the New York Times or the Washington Post that have sponsored uh, – or New York Times just sponsored a debate that uh, we are a, a, a pointed thought leader in this arena. The weird thing about Apple News, though, is it is a curator, period. They don't have original yeah. reporting yet, uh, even yes. though they've hired journalists that could do it. Chris Bream uh, used to be a, a well-respected, well, still is, he, he is a well-respected Mac journalist, but used to report on on things in, in Apple. And now that he took a job over at Apple, you, you don't see him doing that that original reporting. I'm sure he's doing a lot behind the scenes. Uh, and I assume that that's the case for the political journalist as well. Does Apple want to make them into personalities? Do they want to push into a a more front facing role where maybe they would do some some original content? Maybe it's just op ed pieces. Who knows? But uh, I mean, uh, Tom, Apple the, the the TV app. What did it used to be before October? Just well, a place where you could get a curator where you could get it would surface sure. in a smart yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Other- content and the natural layer on top of that was original if they want to go into something like this this would be a smart way to do it with either uh, exclusive uh interviews before and after with the candidates where you're not necessarily putting a personality out there or like you mentioned original op-ed uh, commentary on top of it so something to watch again the date of that particular debate whether you want to watch it or not but if you want to just know what's going on that'll be on february 7th Hey, thanks everybody who participates in our subreddit, political stories and otherwise. You can submit what you are interested in and vote on others at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. You can also join in the conversation in our Discord, which you can join by linking to a Patreon account at patreon.com slash DTNS. Let's check out the mailbag. Oh, let's. So we got we got a kind of a, a interesting one from Chase, who says, over the last few months, I've been testing out tiny projectors to try to solve the problem of the most ergonomic way to watch TV. I figured if we could place a small battery-powered projector in the center of our bed and point it at the ceiling, it would be the most ergonomic way for my wife and I to watch TV in our room without disrupting the baby who's adjacent in the living room. 
Chase says, I just want to put a projector in the middle of the bed for the hour or so that we watch a show before going to sleep. We actually, we were all sort of confused by this and we wrote him back and said, are you really wanting to put a projector in the middle of your bed? Chase said, yes, this is what I'm trying to do. He's not leaving it there. He's not building it in. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, you know, it's coming and going, but, but, but it is definitely uh, projecting to the ceiling above the bed. Chase says, I've purchased and returned four different projectors so far because none of them lived up to the expectations, issues, fan noise, audio controls that were broken. Android-capable ones couldn't download newest apps to play Disney Plus or other content. Uh, uh, projectors with auto keystone had poor implementation that messed up picture quality. Airplay-capable ones couldn't airplay copy-protected content. Lack of USB power plugs for simple device charging. So Chase says, I'm contemplating a continuation on my search for the perfect solution. Thought I'd reach out to you guys to see if anybody had pointers. The first ones I purchased didn't have a ton of bells and whistles, but they were under 200 bucks. I could plug in a Fire TV stick, get content from Disney or Amazon or Apple, etc. When I first tried it, it didn't. I, I didn't have a Fire TV stick, and I used a Chromecast, but that was annoying having to cast to the device. Yeah, so uh, either the Fire TV stick or even a Roku stick uh, would would work. So if he has a Fire TV stick, he's kind of halfway there on the battle of the apps part of it. Uh, key, speaking of Keystone, Roger pointed out uh, when we were looking at this email earlier that you wouldn't have to put it in the middle of the bed. You could put it off to the side and Keystone it. But Chase says he wants it in the middle of the bed just for an hour uh, or so. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the easy answer would be to contact Robert Heron, and we probably will do that uh, and see what he has to say. But <laughs> if anybody else out there has some answers uh, about like the best battery powered projector that's lightweight, it's not too big, uh, so Chase can pop it down uh, on the bed and, and watch some movies on the ceiling. Don't tell him, don't watch him on the ceiling. He wants to watch him on the ceiling. Uh, if you got an yeah. idea, send us an email <laughs> feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. I, I, I really feel that you should put a projector in the middle of your bed is the cats can have a little salami of the Daily Tech News Show universe. <laughs> right? Yeah. We're like, do, you, do are we understanding you right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you are. Yeah, don't that's what don't answer with you shouldn't do that. Uh, just answer no. if you have like, no. oh, no, this would be the perfect thing if you want to do that. And I, I got to say, Chase, when he sent us the photo, I was like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I would also like a projector above my bed. Sarah would hey, like this problem solved, too. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yes. Let's figure it out for Chase and myself. Uh, shout out to patrons at our master and grandmaster levels, including Chris Smith, Jeff Wilkes, and Sonia Vining. Also, thanks to Justin Robert Young for being with us on this fine Thursday. Justin, uh, politics, you know, kind of, kind of a quiet week. Oh, geez, uh, uh, Sarah, I'm really glad it's opposite day because that, uh, that, that saying makes sense now. Boy, howdy. Uh, not only uh, the, the impeachment continues to march on, but also we've got international elections as the UK goes to vote today. And uh, likely by the time that anybody hears this, you will know the results of that. But uh, uh, the big thing that I really want to point out is that episode two of my new political history series, Raise the Dead, is now live. It talks all about the beginning of the modern primary system and the feud, among many other things. Did you know that Eleanor Roosevelt so hated the Kennedy families, she tried to kill JFK's career before his campaign for president ever got started? I did not. Well, where, there you go. Where do you get that story again? Oh, raisethedeadpodcast.com. You can find it on any and all 
of the uh, podcast platforms. Now, this just in one minute ago, according to exit polls for the BBC, ITV and Sky conservatives set to win a majority in the UK general election. I don't know why I felt I had to pass that along, but it just that alert came up while Justin was talking. So I figured that I, I would include that as well. Hey, we have new Patreon reward merchandise. If you want to celebrate six years of DTNS, you can get your hands on some Len Peralta art uh, that you can only get by being a patron. Become a member at patreon.com slash DTNS. Stick with it for three months. And depending on the level, you might get a sticker, a poster, a mug, or a T-shirt. Get all the details at patreon.com slash DTNS slash merch. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Got something on your mind? Let us know. We're also live Monday through Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. That's 2130 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Blair Bazderich from This Week in Science as our guest. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.